Welcome everybody to the Rotating Tap Podcast. We've got Steve Vanderplue, Corey David, and special guests. Maybe beer people talking comedy or comedians talking beer. Listen up everybody and we'll see what you will hear. I won't waste any more time because it's going very fast. It's the Rotating Tap Podcast. And it would be less than two seconds. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Yeah. People can really drink beers. Uh, cool. Hello. Hi. Hell yeah. Welcome to the Rotating Tap Podcast. My name is Steve Vanderplug. I'm Corey David. And we are here with Ratio Beerworks, Tristan and Jason. Say hello, gentlemen. Howdy. Hello. Nice. There we go. Off to a great start. We know how to talk. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, so we're really excited to have you guys on. Um, obviously, you guys have been a big part of the comedy community here in Denver for a long time. So that's very important to us. One of the things that people like to say to us when they find out that we are comedians is right away they say, tell us a joke. So we're going to turn the tables on you guys and have you guys tell us a joke. Give us your best. I was saying, geez, you don't even warm up the crowd. You just start at a cold. You got to tell a joke. <laughs> yeah, man, nowhere. this is how comedy works. Sometimes you just show up to a bar in the middle of Wyoming like, and they say something funny. Yeah, and they didn't know comedy was happening that night. Somebody just from the back of the room And how yells, well does that normally go? Boom. Yeah, exactly. Well, sometimes it works out great, but you're really playing comedy obstacle course for like from the get-go. <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing. You got to warm up the podcast. So, tell us what you warm got. Are you, you have a joke? I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to scroll through some. I, right. I'm mostly like a story type guy. Anna, t- I have a joke from our graphic designer. Right, go Anna. for it. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, so, there's two whales sitting at a bar, <laughs> and one whale says, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And the other whale says, Jesus, man, you're drunk. <laughs> That's it. That was dumb. What if, I thought you were just going to be doing that for the entirety well, of the podcast. That, I think that's the other way you could take that yeah. joke. But what if every whale song is just, they're hammered. Right? I know. And they come yeah. to the surface, and this is just them serenading everybody from, from the ocean depths. We, we try to find meaning in the dolphins chatter and all that, and what if they're just drunk? Yeah. yeah. She's telling me a joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Tristan's up. Do you oh, I have warmed it up. I thought Jason already covered it. Any more yeah. big whale humor? Did he steal your yeah. joke? Yes. That's a big no-no in the industry. We're really into whale humor here at Ratio, so um, I need to get some fresh material about krill or something. You sound pretty salty about whale it. Whale of the time. Know. Whale's more seawater, not freshwater. That's so yeah, I can't. Any freshwater whales? Yeah. I think I think I'll tell a little bit of a funny story instead. Um, you know, right, running new start bits. changing up the rules. Yeah, I'm gonna right. yeah. Tristan. Uh, yeah. Tristan's coming to an open mic later. Oh, I, 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 I know podcasts, so I know how to do this. No, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm a marketing manager. You can't talk to me like that. I drive a Dodge Strat. That's right. I have many leather-bound books, so whatever I want to do. Um, I think. Probably the funniest humor is stuff that comes from my parents, both because they're older and also because they're first, or I'm first generation, so they moved here. So, um, but my dad one time saw that I was wearing like an old kind of like um, driver's cap, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, wearing, uh, 
wearing uh, the same kind of hat as uh, JJ Cool. And I was like, JJ Cool? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, you know, that guy from NCIS. And I was like, LL Cool J? Cool J? <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, that guy. So I just thought yes. I just thought it was hilarious that he was like JJ Cool. JJ Cool. <laughs> it's it probably a better name. The Asian yeah. cover yeah. artist yeah. of LL Cool J. Exactly. JJ Cool. Yes. <laughs> JJ Cool. Wait, why am I thinking Ice T? I thought Ice T was on the drama show. Oh, you mean T Ice? <laughs> I think you mean Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, I'm serious. I thought Ice T was like Homicide. That Homicide show. I Wasn't think he's on a different one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Every I, crime show. Everybody knows. Yeah. A real crime show needs. A rapper. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's bring yeah. in a hip hop artist. NYPD Blue. Uh, what was the Jimmy others? Smith? All those others. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jimmy Smith was the the rapper of NYPD Blue. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Post Malone just got added to. <laughs> <laughs> New season of FDNY. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, cool. So uh, in the in the comedy industry, we have what's called a tight five, which is the our best five minutes of material. Um, but for you guys, what we just kind of want you to do is tell us a little bit about the background for ratio and yourselves and uh, how this all kind of came into fruition for you guys. Yeah, just tell us about like your beer background and what you do at the brewery right now. Yeah, just repeat what I say, Corey. That's good. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. That it well, actually, no, it's good. You, if you want ratio background or mine, but we'll do it five, how I got to where a ratio is. See? So um, we'll do the, yeah, the quick version. I actually was born, grew up in Colorado, um, but then moved, moved to Texas for a minute, met my wife there. And then we moved to L.A., where then I proceeded to – well, I was a chemical engineer in school. And then Whoa. moved to Texas – or Texas and L.A., and then decided I'm going to go full-time touring with my band. Did punk rock her, band. So did you meet her on swing. a ranch or what? Yeah, no. It was in the middle of Houston, so it was actually a massive city. Okay. The, it is funny, the, the breadth of the what picture. Houston has. Yes. No accents in Houston. Very little. Right as you get outside the city, there's like a weird, Bunch of weird invisible Texan. wall, and the accent comes flooding in. You go five miles out of the city. Can you give us your best outside of Houston? Howdy, y'all. All right. Yeah. I just picture you driving out of the city, and you're like talking to your kid, and then you're like, oh, Thurston, have a great day. Now, down on the farm, it used to yep. be like you hit a certain Oh, yeah, now you got watch out. We're I'm in a punk rock Texas. band. <laughs> <laughs> we tour the country. Yeah, that's, that's the probably yeehaw, a bit The yeehaw boundary. Yeah, and well, and it goes more towards Dallas, and there's the more Louisiana side, as Houston's actually only about 100 miles from that, 60 miles hmm. from the border. Yeah, um, Okay. So anyways, moved to L.A., was playing music in school and punk rock, and decided to do that full-time, so toured kind of the country and the world for three years full-time and a lot of years part-time from there. Did a lot of random part-time jobs, um, yeah, trying to not do engineering or something of that, that ilk. Yeah, and then hold off the real career for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. There really could be a documentary made about all of his part-time jobs. Yeah, yeah. If we, if you, if you gave me twenty, we could talk about how many part-time jobs. Well, we will get into worst jobs later. But I want to know how many times you've been fired. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and um, when it got more into the film industry with Blu-ray coming out as a little more stable of a job, but that got me thinking of. Um, what else to do? And the seeing the, I was in beer the whole time when I was in school in Colorado. We had Boulder beer in particular. Okay. Um, New Belgium had launched, but uh, Boulder beer with um, Buffalo Gold at the time even was probably my first craft beer. Did you we'll go to CU? CU, CU nice. Boulder. Cool. Yeah. I like how you say like Blu-ray was a pretty reliable job. You're like, hey, I just invested <laughs> in this thing called Blockbuster. Yeah, I've totally. heard of it. Funny, funny enough, the guy who started the company. 
went all in on Laserdisc <laughs> and oh. lost his shit, right? He lost yeah. it all and then came back what and said, surprise. there's something. But honey, it's the future. something here. And he got it right the second time around. <laughs> Blu-rays. Gotta love them. Yeah. I have maybe three Blu-rays total, which is great. That's how you get well, it started. It was yeah. it was actually DVD for most of it. The stability came with Blu-ray. The much better. Nobody medium. knew what the hell was going on, including Sony, who developed Blu-ray. So we actually got hired as a consultant back to Sony to tell them how <laughs> their technology worked because we got to work with all the other studios. So we actually kind of had insider knowledge from other places. But anyways. Enough of where writing on the wall of eventually, hey, is Blu-ray going to last? Or with streaming and things, was the job going to last? And beer boomed. And in particular, you know, we were... San Diego's right down the road, so great, awesome beer booming out there. And Colorado was booming. A lot of stone, a lot of ballast point, all that, yeah. And it was actually Dale's Pale Ale coming in a can. So really, the first higher-end craft beer to go into a can on a bigger level was Dale's taking an old, you know, those cask lines and seeing that show up at a bar out in Santa Monica. I remember going, wow, that was really like what's going on in Colorado and with craft beer. Yeah. And we were traveling back a lot, but wanted to get into it. So knowing it was going to kind of boom, but no idea as big as it did, but was like I should go back to school instead of just jumping because I'd been homebrewing this whole time for probably almost ten years at that point. Okay, like even when you're on the road and stuff. Not like, on the road. You're bringing <laughs> I was drinking in the van. on the road. You're bringing car boys in the van with you. Like, dude, we need space for the guitars. Very like, dedicated. Very I dedicated. have a pretty awesome oatmeal hey, stout you, that you're going to watch the turn. Uh, I got an active fermentation going on. Here. <laughs> I just picture you showing up at the venue, being like, "All right, so where's your cool ship? I need that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have seventy degree storage? I got a saison in the back yeah, of this totally. van that needs. Yeah, to be fair, of Drinking on tour was a great way of actually going around the country and around the world and being able to see how other and how it interrelates with everything with beer. Sure. Yeah. So went back to brewing, decided big switch, go back to brewing school, went to Siebel in Chicago, and then the sister school um, that they partnered with over at Domans in um, Munich, Germany. Oh, wow. So did that. Moved to then moved to Denver, which I'd never actually lived in Denver the whole time of growing up here. There really wasn't, besides going to concerts and shows, Denver really is not what it is now. Oh, not at all. Uh, yeah. For good or for very better different. and worse. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. went very to Albuquerque different. and everybody's like, this is what Denver used to be like. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a little scared. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> Albuquerque is much worse than <laughs> yeah. Denver ever used to be. <laughs> right. Albuquerque, if you like say the word fight, you have 10 dudes lining up Ready? to take you on. They're like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> I've been training for <laughs> this. Yeah. 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 I've been waiting 10 minutes for this. So, so started working. Um, we'll wrap it up. I think I'm at five minutes. Started working and yeah, just getting jobs in it. Wincoop, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wincoop Brewing, one okay. of the original brew pubs that really learned how to brew on stuff on crazy old equipment. Then went took a more technical brewing job at AC Golden, which is inside of Coors to kind of get the technical side with my schooling. And then at that point, started working on business plan with some uh, friends and one of the guys I went to college with actually, and ended up then over working on the business plan for a long time, launching. Well, in about 2014, we took over the building, and then we opened almost exactly five years ago today. It was Valentine's Day 2015. Nice. Ooh, I remember I used to be the old uh, the distillery, the old... Yep. It was Mile High Distillery. Spirits. Spirits for a couple, only a couple of years. They yeah. signed like a short-term lease. Um, it was apparently a mechanic garage for many years. This is the building that we're in at 2920 Larimer. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, they were there and actually were looking at buying, I think, several of the buildings next to us. And the whole deal didn't work out and they wanted a bigger space. Sure. So they yeah. ended up, I think, buying their building down by the old Great Divide. Now. Good. That'll, so, that means they have money. So when FBI agents shoot people, yeah, on when their they property, do backflips and shoot yeah. yeah, their gun drops out and shoots somebody, they can afford it. That was amazing. <laughs> Every, what's funny is whenever people ask about the area, they'll be, if they don't know, you know, they'll be like, oh, what do you. I, what's that brand? And I was like, do you remember hearing about the FBI agent <laughs> yeah. did a backflip and shot someone? Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's it. That's them. That was a cool I mean, that's end. a great way to open Oh, it. I know. Yeah, yeah. And we really dodged a bullet with that one. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, hey Tristan. we'll keep track of all the comedy yeah. stuff here. Yeah. This guy's going to take over the podcast. That's right. <laughs> all right. So, Tristan, tell us a little bit about you. Because I know yeah. you've got an uh, extensive marketing background and a beer background, obviously. So totally. Yeah, so and are we you... drinking now, too? Or can yeah, I have yeah, a beer? Yeah. So open, yeah. open your oh, yeah. feature beer. We'll get oh, to well, that in just a beer. second. Yeah, cool. Um, and then we can sip on that while Tristan's telling us a little bit about himself. Sure. So yeah. I'm originally from Kentucky, which is uh, very odd since I'm Asian. And a lot of people are like, that doesn't make any sense. But um, no, it's more that your parent as a first generation. Why yeah. did your parents move to Kentucky? Yeah, they actually moved from, there for like um, through like a church program to go to college. So, OK, um, yeah. Yeah. They were both of their siblings. Jesus pays. Jesus thing. pays. Jesus pays. Yeah. yeah. And so they ended up in Kentucky, the most random place that uh, immigrants can end up. But <laughs> it, it ended up being That's, really great. And um, it does seem like such a like, hey, we're coming to America. Yeah. And people don't yeah. realize that it's so big. And you're like, where'd you wind up? Kentucky (laughs) or West, even better, West Virginia. But I wonder, maybe that's why Kentucky Fried Chicken is so big. Or actually, I think Kentucky Fried Chicken is huge, and maybe they had this perception, like, we're going to go to the land of plenty where buckets of fried chicken (laughs) flow from the roof. That's the the immigrant story that I like to imagine. Yeah, for sure. But um, no, I I, uh, it's, it's funny because... You don't think of, um, when, we, when you think about my beer introduction, a lot of people talk about how, you know, like Sierra Nevada was like one of their first influences or uh, Fat Tire from New Belgium. Uh, for me, it was a bourbon barrel aged uh, amber ale from Kentucky Ale. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that beer. Kentucky Ale bourbon barrel. Yeah, it, yeah. Used to, it used to be really, really good. It's still okay. But that in in college, that was one of my first craft beer experiences. That's like a high test beer, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I dove right in, and and from there I I got into like Chimay randomly. And I remember the day that I decided to move to Colorado to do AmeriCorps, I bought a bottle of like Chimay Blue to share with my folks, and they're like, "We have no idea what you're doing." Right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, you're confusing us, us on multiple levels. Yes. <laughs> you're moving for AmeriCorps. You brought us yeah. this ridiculous beer. Yeah, exactly. But I, I ended up moving out here. Um, in AmeriCorps, you're paid less than minimum wage for that year. So all we could really afford to do, uh, living up in Fort Collins, was to go to New Belgium and Odell and, and try and drink the free, <laughs> free beers, have paint from tasters. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I fell in love with the industry and uh, wanted to figure out a way to give back. And I started a little beer blog called porchdrinking.com, and um, it's grown into this thing. So You guys um, also have a podcast, too. We do. Nice. Yeah, it's called The Porchcast. And, um, you know, luckily enough, uh, I had wanted to work in beer full-time. I had kind of done a beer-adjacent thing with uh, this app called Drizzly. It's an on-demand delivery service. Oh, yeah. And the day that they laid off a bunch of us across the country, um, I happened to go into, go into um, Ratio. Um, I had been a regular there for the first year 
um, after they had opened. And I was like, hey, guys, you want to hire me? And they said, well, come in for an interview tomorrow. So nice is history. So you've been there four years. Yes. Ah, I know yeah. math. I'm good <laughs> hey. at that. Yeah. Like, hey, isn't that the drizzly guy? <laughs> <laughs> Which also sounds like a way you'd pour syrup on pancakes. Oh, yeah. Drizzly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the old Drizzly app where they deliver maple syrup. <laughs> it's only a big hit in Vermont. But yeah. <laughs> although everybody just has their own maple syrup farm in Vermont. So it's kind of big in Quebec, way. too. Yeah, uh, Canadians love that shit. It's nationalized places. up there, isn't it? Isn't like all? Isn't there a it's whole the official thing? beverage? I think actually no, I'm, is I'm being maple serious, syrup. Serious, I think they like have that storage. National storage for all. Yeah, it's like government cheese, bro. It's like they just got a huge (laughs) reserve up there. (laughs) I think there's a documentary on it. Fascinating. I'm not kidding. It really is. There's a documentary on maple syrup in Canada. Well, there's a documentary for everything these days. That's true. There's probably a podcast about maple syrup up there. Oh yeah, maple syrup up there. Ironically, they call it rotating porch drinking. (laughs) (laughs) The name of it. Yeah, it's called maybe tree drinking. It's a sticky mess. So tell us what we what we're drinking right now. Oh yeah. So this is. A, a very unique, especially yeah. for us on the side, uh, off the wall beer. Very excited about this. Yeah. Well, and what we're really excited that you can't see, but maybe you heard that is I just opened it out of a can. Yeah. So for, uh-huh. for kind Tell of two more. reasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, the celebration of our five year anniversary. We thought, what a what a fun time to do it. One reason we chose to not do a flagship is we wanted to be very clear with such a competitive market. We didn't want to enter the canning market and pull out or pretend, oh, here's, you know, Domestica or Peter, one of our flagships. Sure. And then come back off the shelf. Um, so we are waiting. We're going to take our time with all that. But we are starting to look for other for a production facility to build another facility sure. where we will go into canning. Because how many barrels are you guys at right now in the- we we produced almost four thousand barrels this last year, Damn. and it's basically draft only. So, and we're self distributed. So, come nice. a long way from the carboy in your van. Yeah, no, I know. I remember the first time I brewed at Wincoop, which was twenty barrels. I made a note, and I had kind of counted back through. I think I brewed more because that's six hundred some gallons. Yeah. I think I was like I think I just brewed more beer than I have in my entire life with wow. every five gallon batch I'd done. Yeah, it's crazy. yeah, yeah. So in cans that we're drinking right now, mm-hmm. this Which, beer is oh yeah. So this is King of Carrot Flowers. Yeah, we got to talk about it. This start. This started. <laughs> yeah. so this is a fun beer, and this is the fun side of brewing. This started as a project we did. Um, a lot of the community outreach we do, and in the neighborhood um, in Elyria, Swansea, is an indoor farm called the Grow House. And one of their big fundraisers, Eat Denver, which is our independent restaurant network, each year does a week-long set of dinners inside of this farm to highlight and raise money for Grow House. Tell me if I'm saying any of this wrong. But um, so all these top chefs of these independent restaurants, each night there's like five chefs. Each course is like a different chef. And we were... it's only gone maybe five years. We may have been the second year or not, if not the first year. So since it started and it was one of those things of it, it sounded interesting. Hey, with the chefs and this whole idea of this indoor farm, and we never even got to see the place when we first started partnering with them. Just thought it's a neat idea and took that kind of as inspiration to do a harvest style beer. Cause it's a right, it's called harvest week that full week. I guess I need, didn't say that part. So we were like, Oh, let's do some kind of harvest beer or something, you know, plant-based or what could we do and maybe this is one of the first where i had kind of the name in mind before a beer and king of carrot flowers and obviously the carrot I mean, that does kind of sound like an acid trip right if, if yeah, and, and if you look at the 
art that Anna Goss it's, did for it. Might it's beautiful. Be like while you're tripping balls trip. off, you're just running through the woods singing, <laughs> I'm the king of carrot flowers. Yeah. So, so there's carrot juice in this. Uh, yes, this is fermented out carrot juice for sure. Um, and that was the big challenge. So carrot is very earthy. Well, most breweries go the yep. fruit direction yes. and make milkshake slushy everything, you know, and just winds up being just juice at yep. that point. Yeah. So you guys are going the V8 approach. Yeah, we're like, well, we want to put salad in your mouth instead. Yeah, <laughs> it's better. Well, it's more health conscious, yeah. maybe it's less good. sugar. You're we're, not, we're not claiming any health benefits. So uh, I am. I'm claiming health benefits. Is a good point. I can see better now. <laughs> not a doctor. Just, my vision is through the roof. That's because you haven't masturbated in probably two years. <laughs> it's coming out of my ears. <laughs> but yeah, it is interesting. We've done a decent amount, especially with Saison's, one of our flagships, using a French Saison strain that goes pretty dry. And we love it. And we've done a lot with fruit. But one maybe distinguishing thing over especially the new trend is we usually ferment out our, if we do fruit or even this, like a carrots that has a lot of sugar actually but we actually ferment it out so it goes dry so it's not sweet so that idea we tend to go with dry finished beers yeah sure more on the crisp dry end and try to accentuate either the fruitiness through its aroma or other reasons like in this beer we have coriander in that you can pick up I think most of the beers that I've ever had from you guys are not only great, but they're always really well balanced and very um, clean, crisp, like as you were describing. Yeah. Not a lot of residual, like leftover sugar that I'm getting or tasting, like um, high level of attenuation, you know? Yep. So, uh, yeah, just like great flavors, but like everything's kind of there in the right places. Yeah, and it's one of the choices we made, once again, from touring of a lot of the beer that connected in with live music is tends to be drier, drinkable beers. Sure. And um, that idea of connecting and community and being hot places and enjoying beer and being able to enjoy many is kind of flowed over into ratio of a lot of the beers we do. Yeah, sure. Um, I like some, we go the other end as well occasionally, but you'll generally see us more on that end of beers you can have several of. Yeah, and even even with the our Hold Steady Scotch Ale, uh, you know, for a beer that appears so dark and roasty and does have those flavors... I think one of the one of the truly, you know, incredible aspects of Jason's uh, approach towards brewing is his ability to blend hot bill or sorry uh, malt bills, um, so that you can get balanced profiles even with such a roasty dark beer like that. Yeah, I was a little disappointed you didn't pick that for your chuggable beer because we haven't decided, uh, we haven't said yes. any we haven't said yeah. what it's going to be. We should have yet. chosen each other's chuggable beer. Oh, uh, that actually <laughs> that that's actually fun. something fun that, that we can consider. Fun. It was an idea we, for you guys. So yeah. everybody yeah. obviously goes with like pilsners, kolsches, hellas, things mm-hmm. like that. But I'm starting to think we could talk about it later, but. If something's if somebody chooses something that's over eight percent, you get three seconds off your yeah, score. Yeah, oh, it's a triple like IPA. You should probably cut the time in half. I yeah, think yeah, half? No, no, no. I mean, well, you gotta make well, the, it. Yes. Okay. It's still the same skill, but that's we're help, we're helping you out. We're helping you out. You guys got to get He's, Sam Lale on the podcast. He's like renowned for being for chugging the most ridiculous things. Yeah. He's, He's yeah. over at uh, Re, uh, Resolute Brewing. Okay, yeah. cool. What kind of, yeah. say, things? Like, like, how many different kinds of things? Well, one tomato juice. I remember one time. Tomato juice. <laughs> 16 ounces. Bam! I know somebody that chugs hot sauce. Oh. Like, somebody that, another, con- like, a local comic that regularly chugs hot sauce. That's, that's the Hot Shots Challenge, isn't that? The, the, oh, man. I don't know. But he, he once uh, combined all the dregs from a bottle share and chugged that. That's which terrible. Is the most disgusting thing. Yeah, yeah I bet insane. the shits were terrible. Yeah, I've had all that so bacteria bad. and yeast is just... 
sitting well in his stomach. There was like a YouTube video of a like a homeless guy that would go to the, the uh, library to get internet access, and one time he snuck in a handle of Fireball, and he chugged it oh, in a video God. that he made. Oh. And that yeah, I've never been so disgusted with something in my entire life. The only <laughs> thing was... I don't like about that whole video is the fact that he didn't share with anybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he got, he got Fireball at the library. Pass a shot around. Gross. Yeah. That's disgusting. You're a monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, so is King of Carrot Flower something you can get all the time, or are you guys releasing nope. that special for your anniversary? It is special. I mean, typically, we've now done it at least once per year <laughs> since then. So Elderflower, by the way, is the flower of okay. King of Carrot Flowers. And that adds that kind of fruity, candy-like note to it. Elderflower is what's in, like, St. Germain, if you've ever had that. Any kind of liqueurs. If you go look at fancy drinks, Better. next time you're at, like, Death & Co., there's probably a some kind of... Elderflower or St. Germain. Sure. There. Better yeah. for beer, less for Valentine's Day. Elderflower, I assume. Not, what? not yes. something you'd want to give your date unless you're giving her a six-pack of... Or tea. Yeah. Yeah, or, yes, or tea. Um, Ikea loves elderflower as well, I'm more into younger you flower. Ikea? Like Ikea. The, yeah. Like the store? It's a very Swedish thing, apparently. Interesting. The store. I caught that joke. Don't Do they just have elderflower? Thanks, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he caught me off guard with the Ikea thing. I mean, I know them for furniture. I didn't necessarily assume they were elderflowers. balls. And meatballs. And, and yeah, the meatballs. meatballs. <laughs> or whatever. Horse meatballs? Yeah, they got in trouble in Europe for having horse meat in the meatballs. Well, <laughs> Although everyone in Europe was like, It's a different culture. It's fine. Yeah. This is what we eat here. Yeah, yeah. That's what horse they do is the best meat. Yeah, horse man. is the best meat. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned that this you thought of the name before you thought of the actual beer itself. Uh, I just kind of wanted to ask you, I know that uh, naming your beers, and because in the industry there's a lot of cease and desist orders. Yeah. But you go straight for like music influence stuff, correct? Like Domestica is from Cursive. In, an, att in an attempt to, to turn his phone off, he actually he turned made it, it louder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, right. Well, so one, one thing for sure, we're, we're actually really cognizant of it. What's funny is coming from the music industry, too. Actually, it was in a little bit of music law things and how some of the trademarks and things like that work and what you can use for titles. And obviously, even in film, interestingly, right, most film titles you actually can't copyright until you become famous. There's always these weird exceptions. So Star Wars is the exception. But for example, Kicking and Screaming, which is a great one of Noah Baumbach's first amazing indie movies, was also <laughs> Tristan, <laughs> Tristan is ashamed right no, now. No, it's a great movie, but he can't believe it. Right I just now. hear about this movie. Yeah, so like Noah Baumbach, who just did Marriage Story, uh, back in the early 90s, did this amazing movie called Kicking and Screaming. Ten years later, there's a, a family kids movie with Will Ferrell as a soccer coach, also called Kicking and yeah. Screaming. That's actually not a trademark infringement, because generally you can't trademark titles on things like books and movies until you become famous like Star Wars. So you can't remake because it's too famous. So there's always these weird rules. Anyways, back to beer names. And we've seen it in uh, the industry. Detour of season assist. We do try to take, it's one thing where we take inspiration from a name. Um, and maybe there, we, we like to have a subtle nod, but we definitely make a very concerted effort of um, directly on our beer. There's no, there's no tie in to the original inspiration. For us, we are trying to separate that the beer has that name and that's separate. Now, if you look at beer names together, you can start seeing, hey, clearly you pulled an inspiration from it. Sure. But you'll notice there's no direct, we never directly talk about the inspiration on for sure any packaging, whatever, because actually, regardless of if that's a trademark infringement or not, which it would be at that point, 
We also don't think it's the right thing to do. We're not trying to imply anything we're inspired after is in any way associated with the beer or that they're associating themselves. Yeah. So we do try to stay on that of while it's an inspiration, in no way besides the name, the name is now tied to the beer. So it's like a subtle nod. To interesting. That. That's, that's super the one interesting. That we named after the song "Happy Birthday." That was pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. obvious. <laughs> that was a little on the yeah. nose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, when I would hurt truth stout. It's like, all right, I think Lizzo's kind of got that one covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With arms wide open. All right. Well, I feel Do like you, that brings us to probably one of our the, favorite the segments of the show. Part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's give these guys a buzz. All so right. Let's bring it to the most chuggable nice. beer. So yes. we've got a couple of beers here for you. Yeah, we try to be cold. Is guys. harder to chug. Yeah, it stings the nostrils. Yeah, we it's tight on the senses. You get brain freeze. I've had a slushy or two in my day. I get it. So we have a couple rules for the chuggable beer. And so Steve's gonna time. The second you start chugging, he'll he'll start timing it. So we're gonna ask you to tell us what the beer is, just the name of it. And then as soon as you're done chugging it. You have to describe it to us. That will not be timed. So and as you soon guys, as you put your glass down, time stops. Yeah, you guys will go separately to help me time it easier. Yeah, so, so if you're a little gassy. You a different beer than me? Domesticas? Domesticas. Okay. Poured <laughs> you that Scotch Ale, bro. I know. Actually, it wouldn't have been it's so wild. bad. Yeah, I'm, actually, the Scotch Ale probably wouldn't be that bad. I mean, it's malty, sweet. Like we idea. said, besides people who chug... If you're not chugging and drinking, it's carbonation is awful. That's so you don't want to have like a saison, like a Dupont saison. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Or sometimes overly sweet, thick beer. But besides that, the alcohol will hit us later. Now, Jason, matter. you had said that there are two very different types of people for chugging: those that can yes. open their throat a lot, yes. and then gulpers. Yes. Is this something there, you've uh, studied before? Uh, I've just noticed it. I am definitely a drinker. I'm not the open the throat, uh, chug the beer down. Yeah. Either in three, or I've seen people that. That would have your record at maybe one second. Right, I've seen that too. It's crazy. I've seen uh, the full liter Stein in Germany at school in a bar, and it was one of the most amazing things. It felt like it was like David... David or what, who is it? Blaine? Who is it? David yeah. Copperfield? David Blaine. I think either one. Yeah, either same one. Field. Magic. Yeah, same magic. field. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, actually my I'm more drinking, which is a different skill. It's literally. Just how fast can you do that swallowing motion yeah. in a row yeah. without the brain freeze? Happening? It's the difference between Usain Bolt and a marathon runner. You know, yeah, you've just well, it almost should be two fields. Mentality. It's like it's like the butterfly stroke versus freestyle. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, so this one's a little choppier. This is more like the breaststroke. What you're going to see from me? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking of you doing the breaststroke the yeah. entire time that you're a little bit the slower, but uh, a lot of you'll get there. Involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. even if you're a little gassy or whatever right afterward, we encourage you to burp into the microphone because we do consider belchability in the most tr- chuggable beer uh, that's important to us and just tell us a little bit about it and good luck okay wait are you going are we doing this separately oh we're we separately separate. we yeah. okay. are you giving me a countdown all right whenever you're ready three two one Jason's going. Oh. All right, he's spilling half of it out of the side of the glass to start. He's getting so there. He's, gonna, he's, he's getting doing there. okay. Well, he's, he's going to catch some in his, it, in and his palm of his end. Take a little bit of a break. break. Take a breather. Yeah, you earned it. A lot of work. This going is on. the Domestica Standard Ale, by uh, by the way, one of their flagship beers. He's Pop- making me look good. Popular. All Not right. so bad. Okay. He's even got a little Woo. milk mustache. There we go. Oh wow, that break was the turn. It was the fifty-yard turn. Yeah. He's even got a little drizzle on his shirt to explain to the police officer later. I'd call it a half ounce to an ounce. I lost. Now, Jason, tell much. us a little bit about what you just drank. Oh, yeah. it was a, <laughs> I'd describe it as a lot. I'd describe it as filling. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've chugged since. Uh, Any flavor profile stuff? 
right. Yeah, well, now I'm getting some aftertaste. That whole time, it was just front taste, if that's the word. Yeah. What do you call it when you first hits? It's, it's real front, front heavy. This beer is a real front, real front heavy. heavy beer. The whole time. Yeah. Now I'm getting the back end. I am getting it. You know, this beer was our a little bit of an homage to lager while brewing an ale. It is saws and... Middle fruit, which are a little bit spicier, earthy hops. So I'm getting that now. You're getting a lot of that spice? <laughs> you're really good at talking into a microphone when you look like you're just completely yeah, miserable. So He's crying right yeah. now. He's I feel pretty red. good. Yeah, the, feel, the it thing feels is, great. About 30 seconds from now, I'll be like, that was pretty good. We should do another. But right now, <laughs> we can hold down the fort if you want to run back and get another trailer. twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so actually, before uh, Tristan goes, uh, just a question before I forget. So when you say um, standard ale, was it just oh, like yeah. you were coming up kind of with your own marketing term, quote unquote, for like half ale, kind of half lager? Yeah, it, in reality, it was it was a little bit of a fun tongue in cheek to the style American standard lager. Okay. And but we're doing it with an ale yeast. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's exactly that. So it's not really a term, but that's what we want to call it. It's American standard, and we thought it is kind of. American standard of what a, just a beer is. Because I hear, like, sometimes, because, again, I love your guys' beer, but sometimes I hear beer geeky people be like, well, it's a standard ale. And I'm like, you don't even know what the fuck that means. Right, so right. why are you, like, I, get I know. That you guys came up, I, I understand the term, but they say it as if, like, it's a known oh, kind that's of good. thing. And it's, it's, an opportun- oh, yeah. it's an opportunity for them to, like, sound smarter than right. everybody oh, else. Right, oh, maybe you've heard of the I don't standard know if you know ale. the standard ale. It's like, no, I haven't, because it's not a fucking it's thing. Not, it's yeah. just a unique thing that they created. You know what's hilarious is we we have finally said you know in the tap room it's fine and you can have oh here's comes a verb yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is but, uh, uh, <laughs> in the tap room it was almost that tongue-in-cheek and funny and we can explain hey sure. american standard lager um but it has caused enough confusion now when we started going into restaurants and all that where we definitely sometimes go all right not that it's a joke, but it was like, have we pushed this too far? Do we need to rename it? I don't know. I don't think so. I know. At some point, we just cling on to any bit of information it. that they can find that makes them feel superior to like other people. So they just take some of that stuff and yeah. run with it. Well, yeah. I like to say that it's called, I like to refer to it as our show beer. The, the beer that you enjoy at a show. so yep. Like well, a horse? Like a horse meatball? Yeah, exactly. Like a best in <laughs> yeah. show? But, well, speaking of weight. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was speaking just of say, horse We'll just meatballs. keep throwing obscure marketing terms onto it and to the point where people are just like, oh, whatever. So this I'm beer is a real horse, horse meatball. Yeah. That's what we yeah. just, it's very yeah, well rounded. You can find it at Ikea. Well, I just saw now, well, now it's at least the second one. So it might be becoming a style of a mountain lager or the mountain. So... Uh, who oh, has yeah, Mountain Standard? Mar- fucking which tri- is people like Tristan just coming up with marketing terms that don't mean a goddamn thing. I saw it used again now, and now it just said, and it was literally in the style. It was a series of beers, and it was like Hellas, whatever, and then it said Mountain Lager. And I thought the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Is this now actually a style? No, What's it's only a style as, as much as people like just adopt it, I feel But like. does it mean anything? No. Okay. Like, yes, like somebody in this, somebody graduated with a marketing degree from CU Boulder and they all sit around at a table and say, now you give us an idea and they toss yeah. the ball around and they're like, what if we say a mountain logger? And they all clap for each other and they go, yay! And they're yeah. like, yay, we did something. Well, what's funny is I know they start as that, but then it, sometimes they do turn into styles, sure. right? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Kind of like New England style IPAs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? I'm just gonna start going into breweries and places and just being like, "What do you guys have for Mountain Standard ales?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Tristan, All right, yeah, buddy. Go. Let's see what you got. The time has come. 
The time is now. Doing oh, okay. Oh, Tristan. Okay, there's a little hiccup there. Making so his I thought parents he was gonna proud. Bail, but now he's going. He's pushing through Kentucky, it. Kentucky, like oh, a... Whoa! Wow. Representing the great state that of Kentucky. Good. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Now tell us what you think about the beer and what it means to you. Uh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite beers of ours um, because it is just so easy drinking. I feel um, like you're holding back. I, 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 like, right now. I like to say that it's a little biscuity because I, I do get some of the spiciness from it that... Gives it kind of like that bready, biscuity taste. Like to it. a KFC biscuit? Oh, if only. <laughs> Kentucky biscuit? Oh, just butter it up for me and put some jam Can you guys on please it. name a beer Kentucky biscuit? <laughs> good. Uh, no, it's just, uh, you know, I, I like to say it's great to go for lawn mowing or enjoying at a show or whatever the occasion. So, yeah. nice everyday drinking beer. Who cares if you're driving your John Deere down a main road? I just had a domestica standard ale. Exactly. Very biscuity. Have you guys ever had uh, this beer? Reminds me a lot of a brewery back home in upstate New York, um, Industrial Arts. Are you familiar with those guys? Yeah, I know I the name. Beer. I haven't had. This yeah, beer, they're great. Yeah. Make great beer. They make a beer called Tools of the Trade, which is kind of sim- a similar mm-hmm. idea. It's mm-hmm. technically an ale, but they wanted to brew it in such a way that it was like it had the drinkability of a pilsner, mm-hmm. so a little bit more dry, uh, a little more crisp. And I personally, I think stuff like that is the best because you're getting the best qualities of both kinds of beer. But do you guys often think that it is, it becomes confusing for some consumers where they don't really understand it or it just, it doesn't directly say IPA on it. So it doesn't sell as well, or it doesn't say Pilsner because that's coming into foray again, like that kind of stuff. Well, actually you just mentioned with the rise of some, well, it's kind of a waves of styles coming back in favor or not. Um, It does change. Because for a while, when we would almost describe, like, hey, we were trying to go between, like, a light lager and a Pilsner with this. And it was, like, Pilsner? I mean, not, you know, obviously people I just met her. (laughs) But really, you've seen it, the explosion again of people knowing what what it is again, especially in the craft scene of... Obviously, people have had the classic styles, either German or Czech Pilsners, but to see it again really launching in a lot of breweries. Yeah, it's having a renaissance. Yeah, craft, so at things least with craft beer people. Yeah, yeah, things you used to have to describe, all of a sudden now you don't anymore, and sometimes <laughs> we've moved away. It, it depends on where it is, too. Obviously, Colorado's a pretty smart uh, or mature market for craft. It's not, you know, some of the places that don't have as much craft beer where you might still have to describe an IPA. To Albuquerque, right. for example. <laughs> Maybe, for example. And um, so that changes a lot. But we've, we've noticed, though, even sometimes to not overcomplicate, especially if you don't have the time to talk or certain menus, we will simplify. And it's not that people don't know, but sometimes they won't ask. And that quick purchase. So what's like uh, our Darklands is really, it's basically almost a Schwartz beer, like a a dark or a black lager. It's, it's a little bit lighter than that. We've described it different ways, even as a Schwartz beer before. But we realize on this, especially quick menus where people might not ask, um, we, we've literally gone back to calling it a dark lager. Yeah. And it literally changed the sales of people because they understood. Now, generally, when you say lager, I know that's a whole style. But if you just have lager, they know it tends to be drier, crisper. It's not going to be a sweet stout. Yeah. And then the dark, obviously, is implying that side. And it was amazing how much people at least inherently go, oh, okay, I know. That's what I do want. I know what that means. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible, too, and seeing other publications doing, like, these, uh, like, monthly blind tastings. I think two of them just had a blind tasting for dark lager that we, we submitted to. And so even without any provoking from us, 
the fact that other publications and other, you know, establishments are recognizing dark lager just is a testament to kind of like the industry adopting the style. Totally. So, yeah. Because you know. people want things they can crush. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. And there's a new rise of like, uh, of especially Mexican lagers and beers again, and things like Negro Modelo, speaking of darker yeah. lagers, uh, people understanding that. And I, I really think some of that rise helped. We've had the beer for a while and seen the natural growth. I think it's a great beer. But if people getting reintroduced to that style in other areas, even if it is a big, massive brewery like a Negro Modelo, putting this beer out, it actually helps us too because people start knowing, oh, I know what a dark lager is. Totally. Yeah, they know yeah. what the most distributed version yeah. of this thing is. Yep, for the and so part. they'll at least try it in the craft version. Yeah. Now, you guys have a uh, – your marketing aesthetic and vibe based on your – personal history is very punk rock, very skateboard, uh, counterculture uh, minded, so to speak. So how much of that do you really try to like play up like at your space? Because I mean, the space kind of speaks to that. But like what thoughts go into that? And what what's kind of like your marketing presence like at the brewery in the market, especially as you're starting to roll out cans? Like how much consideration do you give to that? Yeah, I would say that, you know, one of the things that Jason and, and Scott, our two co-founders, have kind of impressed upon us from the get-go is, um, you know, we, we want to, A, make sure that we're super on brand in everything that we do, but also not hit anything too on the head. And what, and would, so, you say, what would you say that brand is? So I think you, you described it perfectly in terms of counterculture, kind of punk rock, but not in-your-face punk rock. Um, we really do appreciate providing a safe space for people of all backgrounds um, while celebrating the arts and music as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do a lot of, a lot of our partnerships are based within the arts and music space. And I think that kind of organic marketing has really been beneficial to us uh, in terms of, you know, supporting groups that are like-minded and the kind the, you know, the people that appreciate our, our uh, focus on arts and music. So I think you guys probably are the best brewery in town in terms of that specifically, like uh, just what you guys have done with, you know, you get some major musicians in there to play acoustic shows in the back. You do comedy every Wednesday night and sometimes other nights on top of that, Mm -hmm. Um, which is great that everybody that runs the comedy show there is great. We're big fans of that. Uh, And then even like the the wrestling you guys do outside over the summer. Yeah, yeah. literally. You guys, honestly, I feel like you guys embody the Denver culture better than basically every other brewery that's in town. Or if you know, it, nobody's doing it better. Let's put it that way. Well, there might be people that are doing it just as well, but I don't think there's anybody doing it like that embodies like the spirit of the city, the vibe, all that stuff. Well, well, first, thank you, yeah. and then, but yeah, second, one, one other, just to add on to that is early on of realizing. You know, people say, oh, what's your shtick or what's your thing? And we're like, well, we didn't really want to have a shtick or a thing. And people always ask that about comedians, too. They're yeah. Like, what's your yeah. yeah. What's, what's your deal? What's your what, deal? What, what kind have... of what, yeah. what crazy beer or what, you know, what's your going to be your one thing? Do you have funny voices? Is it right. mostly dick jokes? What do you got? <laughs> but but in the meantime, there is something of you've got to stand out among 75 Denver breweries mm. and 400 in the state. But back to connecting of obviously we met through music. But really, it's not that it has to be that on the head. It was thinking back, well, what is really the connection there? And what, and with beer and with music and beer, it was this connection of community. And um, in particular, one thing we've said is we're an urban brewery. And everything that brings with it is an in particular community, and especially those arts. Like you said, it, it can come from comedy. What gets people out of the house Comedy, arts, music, um, all these different things, even if it's wrestling. What's great is... 
why maybe we embody Denver is it's not that we're per se doing all these things. We provide a conduit to showcase the awesome talent of the rad stuff the people are doing yeah. in Denver. Yeah. 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 I like and to say it's a big difference of that, of being a way to showcase or highlight it versus building everything ground up. It's like back from our, that's that DIY, which gets overused, but the do it yourself, sure. it really is more about networking and going, well, what are these people that I like doing and how can you facilitate that? Yeah. Yeah. I like to say that, um, we really do truly. And I, I really appreciate this of Jason and, and Scott is that our co-founders have always, uh, from the get go placed an importance on, um, supporting the community. Um, I, I tell people that our beer is, is a vehicle for positive change in the community. And it's true because, um, from the onset, Scott and Jason have uh, made it a very intentional effort to to donate um, a percentage of our the beer that we produce each year to local nonprofit groups and community groups. Um, That's awesome. We we generally strive for about five percent of the beer that we produce every year to go back to the community. So, um, and, and the the incredible thing is that you know a lot of a lot of businesses will say like, oh yeah, we we really like to give back, but like each year they sit down with us and say, hey. We grew by this many barrels, so that means you have to give even more beer this year, uh, which is a great problem to have. So um, really putting their beer where their mouth is and, and, <laughs> yeah. and getting it out there to the community. So uh, makes my job a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that phrase, put the beer where the mouth is. Yeah, exactly. That's something you hear outside of, outside of Houston. I believe. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into another segment or keep the show going, we did just pour a guest beer. And yes. this is from uh, actually some neighbors of yours and our mutual mm-hmm. friend, uh, Kentakto, uh, an orange Rasan wild ale, uh, about 8.6%. Uh, says Kentakto is a blend of many different years of wild and spontaneous beers. They make the best. They make great sours. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Hello, so Brandon. Delicious. Jan, your beer's great. Yeah, man. Jan's Jan's awesome guy. Loved talking to him. Yeah. Uh, beer's pulled from various oak wine casks. It was aged in orange Rasan grape must, uh, must for three months and then bottle conditioned. The beer is nicely balanced in acidity while still being very complex. I'm going to pretend like I know what Rusan means. Does anyone actually know what it means? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> yeah, right. Really good. Good. It's, it's actually a type of It's grape. Roseanne. Like yeah, Roseanne. I think it's the French version yeah, of Roseanne. It's, 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 the it's the racist lady. <laughs> Those grapes are super racist. Yeah, canceled yeah, yeah. from her show. I'm tasting a hint of misogyny in this beer. <laughs> I thought the beer was white. <laughs> Orange, just like Trump. Now, oh, wait. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> hey. This is a mostly conservative yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You guys getting any initial thoughts on this beer? Because you, you guys don't do a lot of sour stuff, right? I mean, it's because you have a tight space. Working with sour cultures, I'm sure, is just – there's it could potentially be problematic, you know, in terms of getting things infected. Yeah. We, we, do, we do a decent amount with – it's we're kind of an in between. We're not trying to be crooked stave or no meth um, or Casey Brewing and Blending, where that's their main focus. But we're also trying to do more than pay lip service to it. So we do a smaller amount, so we're not releasing a ton of them. But we try to have enough to be able to blend. Because I'll tell you, of when I was brewing at AC, Troy Casey at the time, who started Casey Brewing and Blending, back with uh, Crooked Stave, some of those original, besides New Belgium sour breweries of Colorado. Um, really learned a lot and some of the experiments we were doing inside was the consistency and great barrel aging, especially on wilds and sours. 
there's a lot of where you've got to be able to blend, just like getting in more into the wine world, but also um, you have to dump some bad barrels. Yeah, and sure. the really good ones are dumping some barrels because it didn't go. It goes acetic, more vinegar. You get rid of it, or sometimes you maybe want a little acetic, but just like at two percent blend. So. And that's one of those things that you run into in this industry. There's so many players in this industry that I think if you sat everybody down at a table and you're face to face, you'd say, "Yeah, that's the right thing to do, right? You got to right. dump this barrel. You got to dump this batch. It's not up to snuff." But there's some people that because of debt or because they just need to, they really want to make the money and don't really care about duping their consumer, they'll just release stuff, even if yes. it's inconsistent to quality standards, even if it didn't turn out well. Like you know, you see stuff people come non-sour producing people coming out with sour stouts as a single batch and you're like <laughs> yeah, i don't like, Wait think a you did that on purpose yeah. sure there's sometimes happy accidents and then there's sometimes bad decisions sure right? i mean a lot but, of times um, you wind up finding weight like great new brewing processes yeah. or a different way to ferment or age things based on an accident right yep but then there's other times where you're like you're just trying to take advantage of idiots yep. right now it sounds and, like and that pressure comes when you have less too i think especially let's say you you have like four wood barrels going and you spend all this money on them and you take a year and all this labor. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's not that good. That pressure I feel like to put out is high. Yeah. So we do like, it's nice when you can get to enough barrels where, Hey, we've got at least 12 or whatever it is. Sometimes you just go for it and it works or it doesn't, but it does make it easier if you've got 10, 12 barrels mm-hmm. and you're like, we don't love this one. To actually go, that's fine. We still have nine or ten. Yeah, and sure. to make the, that right decision on blending, um, right. and not feel a pressure of we've got to just release something. And the I, more, would, sorry, I would say that there's a real weird uh, parallel there with that, and like putting together like a comedy act, where it's like the if if you're pressured, maybe it doesn't come through, but you get a lot of like happy accidents that come because it's like, oh well, I have ten minutes of comedy, but only eight of them are good, <laughs> and so you just kind of have to like stumble your way through the other yep. two minutes, and you end up finding something great in there. Yeah, and the other part of that too is if you're so comfortable with your material and you know you can deviate away from a bit, because a lot of times bits are we've literally cranked every word out of this bit from its original standpoint to get it to as short of a time frame as possible so the, that every word counts and it's if it's within this like same amount of time but if you know the bit so well then you can start deviating away from yeah. it a little bit and that's where you f- might find something even if it's just brilliant for that night you know with that group of people and something a tag or a joke that winds up being um, something that you stick with and something that actually is incorporated into the bit yeah yeah and what's nice you guys have to be a lot more vulnerable out to the public when you take those deviations but for example like we do some sour especially we for a while been doing some dark sour bases now are you using like once a year Brett, uh, wild ales or are you doing like lacto stuff well um most of our souring comes from lacto but we do have some brett in there that started and a lot of our barrels we're actually fermenting in the barrel so we're doing a whatever's in the barrels which tends to be a mixture of cool. wild and and sour um, and then we usually take a, a mother pitch from a barrel that we loved and we re-inoculate. So we'll release Loveless this maybe March, um, which is our, and then we'll age it on some blackberries and raspberries, which we've done maybe this will be our third or fourth year. We are doing our golden sour base for the first time and that we're going to age on some fruit or different things. But for example, uh, before this, I just came from, we came from Novo where we're going to do, we do a coffee fest in March every year as well which is right around the time of this dark sour release. 
So we've been experimenting. We're going to age some of this sour and do a coffee sour. Wow. And this is, once again, of so trying good. to be that vulnerable stick out, like you said, of, hey, you've got your pit dialed. We feel like we have our base beer dialed. Mm-hmm. Let's try something. The nice thing is we get to sit and fiddle and try all this before t- giving it to the public. Right. Although, at the end of the day, we still have, there's a little bit of, we like it. There's some delicious stuff that we were using with some neat beans done in different processing ways out of the Congo today in particular that we're going to try. We're going to see if people like it sure. as a coffee, you know, uh, this pressed coffee and then and aging it on our sour beers. Yeah, so, I mean, it seems yeah. like a high acidity coffee bean with more fruit forward flavors would complement like a, it, a wild yeast strain more than something that's a lot of chocolate overtones. Like, and and that was that was our challenge today. Is actually you in food and in beer you have you have complementing and contrasting, sure. and they can work and they can be opposite. And if you take a too sour beer and you take coffee, it can be very acidic. Um, on its own in a yeah. good way or very fruit forward that can actually be too complimentary where you actually drive the, the acidity too far. Yeah. So we were trying to find weird balances and some funky stuff in the coffee because we had a lot of acidity from the beer. So we didn't need it from the coffee. So pretty fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I mean, so you guys, it's great the Bruce Saisons. We've got a standard ale. You love doing sours. What style do you hate? Like, what is there a style uh, that you just hate? Well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to say it right away. Well, the last two breweries I worked at were my lead. I love that you're so excited about this. Well, yeah. well because yeah. two breweries I really brewed a lot, the most beer of my life, or probably my least favorite style, and they were the flagship beers at both of those breweries. Oh, and it yeah. was a Amber Ale or an Amber Lager. Okay. Ambers are and the worst. It is, it is the classic 90s. Kind of that first wave. Especially of, in Colorado. Yep. Yeah. That's how so, brewers made their name here. I mean, between Odell and New Belgium. All of them. Amber's yep. r- ruling. And to be fair, so I was at, uh, I'll name them a Wincoop. We had Rail Yard Ale. And then at AC Golden was Colorado Native. Now, Colorado oh. Native, the nice thing was more of a hybrid to almost a pale ale. But it was almost an amber. A lot of that in it. The nice thing is, so it's probably my least favorite style. Yeah. I grew to really appreciate and enjoy both of them when they're brewed well and done well. Sure. So I, th- yeah, I suppose that's what for, I'm taking out of it. If you waterboard yourself with enough amber ale, you'll <laughs> just really start. start to enjoy but it. But <laughs> it, is, it is funny. So I tend to like the drier, really clean side of things and or then swing me all the way to the other, to big, chocolatey, roasty, heavy, big stout. And I tend in the middle is where I tend to not love as much. You heard it here first. Jason's a swinger. Tristan, what do you, <laughs> what do you, what do you hate the most style-wise? Um, it's probably like a, a real strong Rauk beer. Yeah, um, not into the smoke. What about our smoke signals? I and that's what that leads to my <laughs> yes. next point. Uh, we did produce a smoked lager this year, and it actually ended up being one of my favorites of the year. Nice. Uh, the smokiness was very subtle, uh, <laughs> but overall, the, I've had some Rauk beers that have been like, it tastes like smoked meat. That's like anything and, else, right? I think it all, no matter what ingredient you're using, you still have to, it still has to be there in balance. It's still yes, like, it can be exactly. an, more of an accent than it's in the entire thing. Absolutely. And so I, I credit our team, you know, I, I should never doubt them, and I and I generally don't. But uh, they put out a Man, really, really great, kissing ass right now. I mean, no, no, that's the reason that I ended up wanting to work for Ratio to begin with is because I love the beer, and and so um, Smoke Signals ended up being fantastic. 
Yeah. That's cool. It was great. Make a smoked beer, use like some barbecue sauce as an adjunct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Throw it right on to Franklin, Franklin's barbecue. This beer really, sm- this re- beer really smells like Afghan Kush. That's my kind of smoke beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've been pretty complimentative. Do you think we should uh, take them down a notch, Corey? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah okay, down. cool. So this is one of our favorite segments that we do here, and we find that uh, it's the same for everybody else that's a guest on the podcast. But what we like to do is find some negative reviews online. Yes. Oh, there we and, go. Uh, it's cathartic. Have, it's good. Yeah, have you read some of these? We should have dug back through, because we probably have some favorites from back in the day. If there's any that come to mind after we read these, you're more than welcome right. to yeah. talk yeah. about them. So before this, we forget, by the way, at the end of the episode, we should reveal their times. So. Oh, I could tell you that right <laughs> now. Well, oh, We're I, really bad at that, because by I'm the time we... I was about 20 seconds. I bet you were about 10 seconds. Uh, so Jason, you finished at 17.65 seconds, which is below me drinking an IPA. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Uh, Tristan, you came in at a humble 8.32 seconds. All right, respectable score. Respect. Very respectable. You didn't take the break that I took. I think, yeah, I didn't do the flip turn. Yeah, yeah no, no you definitely, turn. you used that swimming analogy, and you definitely needed to come up for air for a second. <laughs> a couple De- times. You're probably taking more of a backstroke on that one, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> Time to take All right. a break. Jason, well, I'm going to have you read this first one, uh, because you had us try the King of Carrot Flowers. And oh, I, Honestly, good. it's... Fucking amazing. It's, a great it's so beer. delicious. But you got to figure that carrots uh, are going to turn something. Oh, up. yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> how much I love that beer. It's so oh, good. yes, this is great. Okay, we've got a well, two-star. We're already starting. Am I starting, starting up top? Pretty good. Oh, this is great. Hipster location with hipster beers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tried the carrot drink as some ladies next to me suggested it. <laughs> Not my drink. Tastes like carrot and beer-flavored soda. The servers were also short and not very friendly. Almost seemed irritated. Short in size? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Very exactly, limited yeah. seating, and it was packed with hipsters. <laughs> Whoa, a triple hipster. Triple hipster. Yeah, right. you got the, you got I the, the, the like guy got mugged by Bon Iver or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really so why it. Actually, you, it's pronounced Bon Iver. Yeah, okay. <laughs> why do you guys just appeal it. so hard to hipsters? I know, is, it in, is it built into the marketing? Like, why do you just keep attracting them there? Yep. It's a uh, it's a it's a funny mix of as we'll get into more of these. Uh, we love the dichotomy of we'll have one review and then a review that's the exact opposite of it of back to where you can't. God, be like, I love all the hipsters. Yeah. Hipster party, this many too people. many bros. No, no, it'll be <laughs> it'll be a complaint pretending they're poor. Right, because it's either 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 a hipster one or a complaint of there's too many regular folk in there or what are all the old people doing here and which is in the middle of the day or something or and or there what was a baby beer drinkers doing here and you're like all right wait yeah why are there so much beer here yeah oh but, actually we do get complaints about that we only have beer yeah, which is always a yeah. funny one yeah. where yeah. we're like we we are a brewery yeah. <laughs> we're not actually a bar we're not a full bar we don't. the good news is it's gone way better remember i said i worked at wincoop and even that was almost 10 years ago the amount and even still dealing with it then of people just not grasping it. And they, they either carried bud or Coors. They were so tired of the conversation of someone like, I don't understand it. Even though they had a beer that would be on that equivalent level. Totally. They had that. The, the, the brand bottles, loyalty. They literally carried it 
because at the time was just like it's not worth the fight. That's gotten way better. So doesn't Wine Coop have like hard alcohol though? Because they yeah, like there are f- brew pub lights, and so they can carry booze. Yeah, so. yeah. A lot of these reviews, you uh, wind up at the intersection of poor taste and narcissism, and <laughs> yeah, because yeah, people just wind up complaining. That's a pretty about good things. way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> that is. They just it's so irrational. There's no really great reason, but they still feel like there's. They still feel so self-important that the world needs to know. Right. This is how they feel. Yeah. You got one for me? I do. Yeah, uh, right. Tristan, I'll have you read this one. This one's uh, about you personally. It is. <laughs> That's Actually, like you didn't find any about the comedy shows, did you? Oh yeah, uh, I know. I know one about that, the that comedy Kobe shows. Really yeah. looks real, like a lady. Real yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that mustache, dude? Hell yeah! <laughs> What's up, crackers? He uh, he'll be on the uh, next released episode that we're yes, doing. Nice. So. You can check out Matt Cobos. All right. This one comes from someone who doesn't recommend Ratio, (laughs) but gave it three stars. Whoa. Great atmosphere. Opening bad was awesome. I think they meant band. Left after David Nail's third song, who I love, but you literally couldn't understand a word he was saying because the music took over the vocals. So disappointed. And apparently, that reflects on our beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. It reflects on you as a business, yes. every decision that you've ever made. I'm so disappointed that this brewery was nice enough to bring in one of my favorite musicians. My fa- yeah. <laughs> and I like, like that he was basically critiquing us not loud. being able to understand what was happening when we couldn't really understand his review. Like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Time to type that Sorry, out. I can't understand the vocals, but you're, you typed this out and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but the yeah, beer was all. great, so yeah, three stars. You know what? I'll, I'll give him a fair enough they give it at least give us three stars yeah. it was a, a confused review i'll give it that so Absolutely. i thought this one uh was interestingly specific so if you oh, want yes. to read the top one and just you can read the name as well okay uh one star wait who are we are reading names yeah, yeah, of really? folks yeah okay yeah that's true emilio ortiz worst treatment in five years if you're in college <laughs> this establishment will suffice Otherwise, there are many other breweries that offer a quality experience. So my thought is he just graduated and yes. fi- like with a five-year degree. And so he's like, this is the worst it's been in five. I'm an adult now. I'm an adult. You know what? This is the guy who says, uh, oh, that's great. when they ask for his ID, he's like, I left it in my other sport coat. If you're pursuing yeah. a higher education... This is the place yeah, for this you. Is the place. I mean, if you're in college, it's fine. If you're a trade worker, <laughs> not <great>. this fine. <laughs> Why don't you graduate and go to Tivoli? Yeah, <laughs> you dumb idiot. <laughs> All right, this one, this one really gets me good, having worked in the service industry myself. Uh, this one, I think, really nails home a problem with people in society rather than any problem with Ratio Beer Works. Uh, so, Tristan, enjoy reading this one. <laughs> All right, let's see. Wait, is it the three stars one? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, Another yeah, no, three gosh, stars. Gosh, not three recommended. Stars star. Three stars. All right. <laughs> Why is it that you only service beer and have to create lines? Yeah. Service. I work beer. at a full service bar and can service six drinks for numerous different people. Plus, you only serve beer with five bartenders. This should not be this hard. At least the beer was good. <laughs> hey. At least the beer was good. Somebody that, broke a record for how many times you can use surface in one. Yes, yeah, yeah. service. Yeah, that's like that. and the ellipses was very overused. 
That's just someone bragging about their service industry job. Yeah, like, yeah. listen, I am better at so good everybody. I, I got a mojito, job. Like nobody's business. <laughs> I'm servicing four people in the tap room and two people in the alley right now. I am literally <laughs> juggling old fashions while I'm serving <laughs> beers at the same time. While I'm doing this review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I play in a band. Yeah, Funny <laughs> thing is, she now works for us. No, I'm <laughs> After that going review, so we were good. like, wow, this person's talented. Yeah. Yeah. You need to hire them. She's like, she's like, you can get rid of the other four bartenders. <laughs> I got it. I got this, I got this shit. She's actually a robot. So. so circling back around to job experiences, there's usually a job that somebody has that pushes them into the beer industry because they just need something else, uh, but doesn't have to be the one that was right before this. But can you remember your worst job? That you had, it might even be the one that you had right before you got into the beer biz. <laughs> Wait, um, or if Tristan also, says it's the job I have right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to work with yeah, this asshole. Yeah. But, uh, but I, also, have you been fired before? Because I feel like that's yeah. an that's an important part. Yeah, I've been fired before, but it, oh, so actually, this I think this is the perfect tie-in. Good. So I was hired to do marketing for a very well-known uh, ski industry. I don't even yeah like a Ooh. ski ski company yeah say it sure. yeah vale, I was I was I was <laughs> yeah I, I ran vale the resorts. blog for Vale Resorts even Woo! though during my interview I disclosed I had never skied before in my life wow and then some mom with too much time like, on her hands took I don't it over know that you yeah. need to for, to run a blog yeah well they apparently you do <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no I I I was. Uh, transparent in the fact that I never skied before and they ended up firing me because I didn't understand the the lingo and ski culture. You don't enough. shred the gnar, bud? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, like stock investment. This makes sense. Portfolio. Yeah, I mean, you're in Vail <laughs> for, for, for fuck's sake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's different. It's a different Wait, So was that also your there. worst job? Uh, probably because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, too much pal for not in our banks over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... I've I've never been fired from a job. Surprising, but I have very had, surprising. Yeah, I've had lots of lots, lots of, of jobs, random jobs. Well, a lot because sometimes with touring, I probably had. It's like you would tour for three months, and then it's like, hey, I've got two months off. So that's totally. where like Cirque du Soleil and all that come in. <laughs> well, you work at Cirque du Soleil. We won't go into that. No, or, you have no, to now. Even as yeah. a kid, as uh, maybe my most other bizarre job was making. I worked at a <laughs> an old time mountainy shop making buckshot for shotguns. Oh hell yeah! I literally was pouring like lead, making the buckshot shots for like old timey shotguns. You're also a gymnast. Uh, and yeah, instructor. Did, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the uh, Cirque du Soleil. Oh yeah, well, that yeah. Did that the buckshot like... and the Cirque du Soleil intersect at no, any they, point? There was at least twenty years between those two. Well, I just mean <laughs> they were like, hey guys, I got a bunch of buckshot. Let's get crazy. Got a I'm bunch a of buckshot. You got some time. Here. That's actually Let's how see. he got hired. Is his resume listed? Uh, Buckshot, Buckshot creator. creator. If you ever start your own podcast, it should be called Buckshot and Beer. <laughs> yes. Um, I will. I, th- I saw this before. Of, I it's probably my least favorite job, and it was short. And this was maybe post college before saying like maybe I should actually get a job and should I tour or not. And I took a job out of Boulder. There's a lot of weird magazines that run out of Boulder. If if. No one knows that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They they run all. There's the, a like, lot of weird everything. There's a weird, there. yeah. Like hustler or what? No, no, no. All the like random, just you know, good housekeeping, whatever. Everything runs out of Boulder to the yeah. subscriptions. Some weird thing there. Anyways, this is how old I am, but 
Prince's die had di- just died in a car wreck. Nice, that was a good pun. There we go. <laughs> Princess, Princess had Prince just died. died. I mean, by the way, very uh, relevant topic because uh, Harry leaving, Harry and Meghan oh, yeah. are leaving. <laughs> Tristan can't, leaving the can't crown. handle it. He's Marketing like, manager is very uncomfortable now. right let's now. Talk Taylor Tristan's like, I used let's to be. Let's get real. Let's get real. Tristan's like, I used to be in the paparazzi. So the English, <laughs> so the English monarchy. Let's get real with this. So, anyways, I got this job. <laughs> It was a temp job, and it was literally for I think it was People magazine, it, but it was their commemorative Princess Die edition, <laughs> and my whole job for this it was as you can re- if you guys I don't know if you're oh, I, oh, oh yeah, yeah we were like it was it was a, a national or a international a global thing. I mean I I think that honestly I've been telling people I think that uh. Kobe Bryant's death is the biggest death since Princess Diana. Since Princess Diana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just saw a thing about how much it'll cost when when the queen dies. Damn. And they said the most expensive funeral and coverage since then has been was Princess Di when she died. Sure. Um, both my Princess Di and Kobe Beanie Babies have skyrocketed. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyways, okay, I'll finish this up. So I was there selling the commemorative Princess Di like people – whatever anniversary edition. I was like, no one's buying this. Meanwhile, everyone's buying it yeah. from around the world. Oh, yeah, flying yeah. off the shelves. And so, wait, so what do you mean you were selling it? it we were the phone. He's got, like, a, uh, trend, he's he's got a trench coat. Princess yeah. dye papers. Yeah, yeah, no, we were, die phone service, something, they do all the processing through Boulder. And you would get in and you would just have to take these orders. Uh, this was like, the internet was there, but apparently it was, this was on that edge of way more phone sales. So a lot of credit, hey, you want to order it? Do you want to get the pin with it or whatever? We weren't directly doing any sales, which was nice. It was a lot of old ladies calling in and telling us, <laughs> and it would be hilarious, them telling the, your, their story of why she, they connected with the right. yeah, yeah. I was, a therapy. I was in a limo in 1982. <laughs> and, uh, so the, but we had these pressures of, like, don't stay on the phone. They had these like set times for longer whenever. <laughs> But why it was bad, the, the thing is, you thought, oh, you take some calls, take some orders all day. It was like this machine, like I was a hamster on a wheel. You would get in every day, and it was such a massive phenomenon. that It would show you your cue in your like phone line, and you'd sit down, and it would just never go away. And you would just sit for like six hours at a time taking this. That's You're just like seducing day. these this old is, ladies over the phone. You're like, I'm so sad, and them, you sound meanwhile, so handsome. And I, I do like to talk to people. It'd be like a beeper going off of too much time on this call. Like, wrap it up. This it is was fantastic. like having you guys are the, in comedy. It was getting the light. Yeah, Your yeah. time's up at every yeah. every time. Like, oh, man. Okay, this give me a To be fair, I've heard. You didn't even know this. This is the <laughs> first also, time I've heard this magazine. Literally, line. I can count yeah. probably like 25 mm. jobs that I've heard of him talking about. Yep. And this is the this first is the time I've heard about this. Job. Perfect. Well, to be fair, anytime I talk about Princess Diana on stage, I get the light too. So. <laughs> yeah, they're like immediately <laughs> right away. We got other people to get up. So I was actually curious because because you guys are so music influenced and and um, counterculture influenced, is there a non-brewery dream collaboration that you would love to work on somebody with, and what would the beer be? Wait, with someone not like a an not artist, like yeah. a musician or oh, an yeah, athlete yeah. or whatever. Any brand, Justin any Bieber <laughs> for Jason. Beeb's what would you make? What would you make with the Biebs? No, this is totally Jason. Oh yeah, no. What would you make? Yeah. Or Taylor Swift. Besides Taylor love, Swift. what Taylor would you make Swift. with the Taylor Swift? Swift would probably yeah. be our universal that, that would be one. Yeah. Universal. Oh, that'd be amazing. We do have some Taylor Swift Fridays going on. 
Yeah, every what Friday. What make with Taylor Swift, though? Some, like, mm. cotton candy beer? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Bad blood. I feel like we... If you oh, know, oh, blood orange. Yeah. You know, blood we orange did. We, we had a beer. We actually released once in a while called Espacio Blanco, the Spanish for blank space, which is one of Taylor Swift's greatest songs. One of the best. And well, we it's actually her entire portfolio. We, I, her, her entire, entire portfolio. Yeah. Her entire. Catalog. I celebrate her entire catalog. <laughs> uh, even on our mural, so Blaine Fontana, very famous LA and Portland based artist. Um, there's a little bit of a Taylor Swift tie in out there yeah. with Espacio Blanca. Yeah, we'll leave it up to, the, to the, our fans to come, oh. come check it out and discover on their own. Yeah. Right, Taylor, when you listen to this, just start thinking yeah. about yeah. what beer you want to make with the guys. Um, I was thinking, though, for just pure fun. Um, Bahamut? Well, yeah. Oh, jeez. No, I would say, oh, like, uh, the Baja. I always, the Bahamut, my little fun yeah. is putting on Who Let the Dogs put Out. Dogs if there's in ever that beer, a baby. Box, I put oh, boy. It's amazingly amazing after all these years. Um, maybe Seth Rogen, I think would be funny. I keep seeing him on my Netflix cause he keeps doing these cooking shows, Yeah, which I don't know that he has any knowledge of cooking. <laughs> yeah, Probably not. Right. And I think his entire point of being there is his funny laugh throughout the whole episode, yes. which feels like that would be pretty oh, fun. I've seen it just a couple of those. It would yeah. just, it's just be nice fun. It's nice to be around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Cool. doing so Seth what Rogen would you mean? laughing. So wait, Maybe Elon reasons? Musk too, by the way, because the dude's crazy. Yeah, he's our. Right, so you like, got Henry Seth oh. Rogen, and Elon Musk on the brew deck. What are you making with both of those guys? Oh wow! Yo, no, some crazy ass. Use some crazy ass like Tesla engine. I feel like with shit Seth Rogen, it'd have to be like a THC infusion. Well, I know. Yeah, there'd be some dank hops yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah, like <laughs> you guys haven't experimented with that at all, have you? No. Um, with doing with dank like, hops. Dank <laughs> hops, bro. Oh, oh THC or or CBD. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't. Um, no, it, what's funny? Um, what's the big Keith Via out of yeah, Blue Syria? Moon? Yep, breaking off of launching Blue Moon those many years ago and then doing it. But I don't know. There's a lot of that. Like I, I really do like. I don't even mind people pushing the limits and trying new things. But there is an element of like, is it just for the sake of pushing it? Do does everything need to actually cross over? If you like yeah. weed, or right. if you like CBD. Do you have to put it into your maple syrup, for example? By the way, that was my most boulder moment uh, ever. Yes, so actually. I was at the Boulder uh, Beer Fest thing, and it literally was <laughs> fucking maple syrup with CBD. And one of our investors is kind of in an extraction, or helped in with some CBD, but from beer. And even he was like, that's peak Boulder, dude. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> like, sure is. He's like, CBD doesn't even taste good. At the level you need it, and this is a CBD advocate, and he's like, it doesn't even taste that good. Why would you put it on your waffles? <laughs> like at that point, why don't you just bunch. take them separately? Yeah. Like I just mean, take an edible yeah. and eat some pancakes. Or, yeah. Right. Well, or, well, yeah, edible is a whole different thing. But well, if, I just we're, if like, we're just talking CBD. CBD right. edible, like a CBD gummy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I do find that while I, I love exploring the boundaries and what matches together, like, for example, maybe I think we have a coffee stout coming up. Yeah. Um, oh, do you want some there, coffee porter? Yeah, the coffee yeah, porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think there's some things that you don't normally go together that maybe contrast and do well together. Sometimes, hey, go ahead and try it, but sometimes maybe they are separate. Of, And I would say, and maybe I'm an old, old fogey, is maybe you have your weed separate from your beer. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, in other words, I think they're both. they can both be phenomenal. 
but maybe they don't need to be combined. They don't need a match. Yeah, totally. That that's my gut on I, it. I feel like the theme for this podcast is CBD infused syrup on waffles <laughs> yes. with Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, yeah. Yes, 100%. that's the move. But not in beer. That's not necessary at all. Yeah, it's just it's funny to me too because like I remember probably about eight years ago visiting one of those one of the early breweries in Lexington. And they were already making THC infused beer like under the radar, yeah. And and it's like now their people are trying to turn it into this mainstream thing. I'm like, no, this is what good old boys cook up, kind of like moonshine in their in well, their garage. right. Or like, if you're gonna mix it, let's just get real and go back to Red Bull and vodka. And also, yeah. CBD, <laughs> CBD yeah. you don't need to make a Red Bull vodka. You take Red Bull and vodka and you pound them together. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, CBD is also one of those things that has just been everybody's doing it now. It's mm. like you can find it at gas stations. You're like, I don't know if I necessarily need to. Oh yeah. Get that. Yep. Yeah. My, my buddy's horny. mom out in Michigan like swears by CBD. I'm like, all right. That's well, well, I mean, I love CBD, but it's just like at a certain point yeah. now are you just it's got to be an syrup? inferior pro- yes yeah. of course <laughs> it's got to be an inferior product to a certain point if you can sell it wherever so you still have to worry about where it's coming from if i can buy my horny goat weed right next to my yeah. cbd i'm just gonna get the horny goat weed yeah. i think totally. yep yep hell yeah hell yeah cbd <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Oh, let's chill out you guys can name a beer cbd uh, well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Well, I do want to real quick plug. Oh, our yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we do some sorry, yeah. sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give a shout out to my boys. This weekend. Um, this weekend. As you had alluded to, uh, this is your fifth anniversary, uh, which you guys are obviously very excited and proud of. Joyce um, yes, Manor. It's divisible by five, so that makes it important. Man. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about the weekend's worth of festivities, what you got going on, special beer releases, all that. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got um, a pretty big weekend lined up, including a lot of different aspects that make us truly who we are as ratio. And so starting out uh, next Wednesday, um, we've got a, a killer comedy killer show. Killer comedy show. Yeah. The, the, I'm, the, you guys are... The thing is, like, I get to work with this guy while he's here, but you guys are the ones that's bringing him in. So thank you because yeah. this is such—he's so fun to work with, and he's Who is so it? funny. Santa Claus. His name is Chris Fairbanks, and oh, he is yeah. absolutely one of the fucking best. He's he is amazing. so funny, uh, and so yeah, that's an absolute like don't miss show totally. for sure. So we're we're super excited yeah. about that. Um, lining up, you know, comedy has been. We, I think we were one of the first breweries to, to start a regular You guys have been show. an integral part of the Denver uh, comedy and beer scene for as long as, as yeah. I know of. Mm-hmm. I believe you were second only to myself over at Gene Reaction. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Gene, but, uh, Gene Reaction, you were doing but, it over there. Yeah. You yeah, one up in yep. Son of That's a Bitch. That's why I said right. one of. Yeah. I didn't want to, yeah. No, no but, but you guys, guys honestly, like, you can catch shows here at Ratio every Wednesday. Yeah, you guys are weekly. always top notch. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, no, we're super excited about that. And then um, Thursday, uh, February 13th is when we release King of Carrot Flowers in it's cans. 12 so ounce good. cans. Woo-hoo. They'll be available in six packs to go. Um, we'll also have it on draft in the tap room. But we're really excited. Like Jason said, we're not going into canning full time, but we did want to do something a little bit special for our fifth anniversary. How many are you going to shotgun on your anniversary? But yeah, no, people people can come in and grab grab those cans to take back. And I know it's become kind of a, a, a fan favorite. So we're we're excited to share something a little bit special. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And then so Friday is when we really kind of kick off our anniversary weekend. Um, in a big way. We've got two headliners to start out the night with uh, Kali Masi 
and Make War. And we're also really excited about our opener, uh, Major Sports, which oh, features yeah. one of our employees. Yeah, I, Chip. I, Chip, Chip. I used to work with Chip, too. Oh, yeah. you did? Over at, yeah, I worked with Chip over at uh, Illegal Pete's. Oh, Chip's no great. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So yeah. you got Chip and then Maddie uh, from High Dive. Yeah. yeah. And they've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately, so it would be cool to get them back a in. A little reunion. Yeah. yeah, a little reunion show if you haven't seen them in a while. Totally. And then on Saturday... We'll be releasing a little bit of a special beer. Um, so Dear You is, is our kind of most famous flagship beer. It's a uh, French saison, but we're doing a barrel fermented wild version of uh, Dear You French saison. So you'll get a bit of a little funk on it um, from the Brett uh, strain that we used. Um, really, really effervescent beer, really great and not overpowering in terms of like the funk or the sour notes on it. Um, but that, that'll be on draft when we open at noon. And then the big kind of headlining show that night is, uh, as you all alluded to, Joyce Manor, who we yeah. flew in for, for a big uh, show that night. Um, they'll be opened by Junior Drag, which is a tremendous uh, rising kind of punk band here in Denver. Um, and then we're really you know, excited to have Joyce Manor. They, they, were, they were kind enough to join us for two, two days of music. They'll be back on Sunday morning uh, for kind of an encore brunch. And uh, that'll be taking place in the tap room. It'll be a ticket. That's our only ticketed event of the weekend. Okay. Everything else is free to attend. No tickets required. Yeah, that's so awesome. Up, you sons of bitches. Yeah. The rest of it's free. Though yeah, we do, so we cool. do recommend people get there uh, early on on Saturday. We're going to be wristbanding people as early as noon for that Joyce Manor show. But yeah, um, they normally play the summit, and they're going to go play. Like, like 150 yeah. is what it's we're going to fill out. It's an awesome space. Yeah. That'll fill out real quick. So, Joyce yeah. Manor is a great get. But sure. if you if you don't want to fight the crowds, then um, Sunday morning, like I mentioned, there's going to be a Joyce Manor Encore Brunch. It's a full performance, and they're fully plugged in. Um, but we're also going to have Barcelona, our neighbors, uh, creating a huge spread of breakfast uh, brunch items. Uh, Novo Ooh. Coffee is going to provide coffee. And then... Um, Bloody beers from the real dill, and of course, ratio beer as well. So tickets are available online uh, on on our website, uh, or sorry, on our Facebook pages, on our social channels. You can find all of that information there. Or if you want to go to Bitly uh, backslash Encore Brunch, you can grab tickets for forty bucks. Nice, that's yeah. so awesome. Hell yeah! Wait, I'm gonna do one more plug for after anniversary because be, especially oh, because of you guys. Yeah, ACH. yeah, that's right. So the the amazing crossover of music and comedy. Yeah. Um, ACH, we just were able to announce, which if you guys saw, um, Adam Caden Holland. Adam Caden Holland, Adam Holland, local is guy, is going to release his Comedy Central special um, on vinyl through Saddle, Saddle Creek. Creek. So amazing. That's so, so amazing. fucking amazing. One of our favorite uh, record labels of all time, um, as well as Adam's. Pretty exciting. It's their first comedy album they've ever going That's to release. That's so rad. That is really exciting. Joining and yeah, Adam the is one of, of the best in the country, and it's so it's so great to have him here locally, not only to perform but just kind of be a stalwart of like Denver comedy mm -hmm. and just the culture here. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty phenomenal. And one of the things when even talking to him is, you know, Saddle Creek, some of these massive bands like uh, Bright Eyes Bright coming Eyes, out of cursive. there, of that they stayed out of Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. And one of the things, Adam's such a Denver guy. And he said, I love it. It's an inspiration to me of like, hey, you can move to New York or L.A. And he's made a very active choice of I want to live Staying in Denver. here, yes. Yeah. And that really fits with that kind of Saddle Creek mentality. So we're super pumped to that crossover. So we're going to be doing some 
his his release show for that final on February 21st, which is a Friday night, which is a free show too. Nice. Same way, we'll probably have to limit, so get there early if you want an actual yep. seat. Yeah, that's gonna go. And he fast. will have copies of his vinyl available for sale. That yes, night, so. we're gonna do some special release of the vinyl mm-hmm. uh, that night. We're also gonna get do spinning some Saddle Creek records, just the crossover because it's so oh, that's great. Fun. Yeah, that's with real the crossover fun. with us and the brewery and our inspirations. And doing some giveaways if uh, of different Saddle Creek I'm, artists throughout the time. I've always called Adam the ugly organ, but don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely won't listen. That was great. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for being on. We had a great time. Yep. Uh, Corey, anything you want to plug before we get out Honestly, of here? Honestly, n- nothing to plug, but truly an honor to like be here with you guys. Yeah, and just you so since much. we since we started talking about doing the podcast, we've been talking about the people we want to work with that embody not only what we're doing with rotating tap comedy, but just the spirit of Denver uh, that support the comedy scene, the music scene, the art scene, and make amazing beer. And you guys encapsulate yeah. all you of guys that. are the best. So, Sweet. Awesome. Thank you. So Thank much. you. Well, hopefully, Appreciate we can it. have you guys uh, doing a live show at Ratio if that hard ass Matt Kobos will. <laughs> yeah, to he's, so, he's too metal for us. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We might have to. We might have to have him chug some beers in order to get him on that show, <laughs> which he's yeah. pretty good. Oh, yeah. Which actually, no, he did. He did okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's no Josh Gilman, but he's more, of, <laughs> he's more of a butt chugger. But yeah, nice. Well, thank you guys so yeah, much. On that note, <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for listening to Rotating Tap Comedy Podcast. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.